This is the 10,000 Depositions Later podcast, episode 93. I'm Jim Garrity. Today's episode, is there a best place to sit when questioning deponents or witnesses? Hey everybody, as always, I hope you're having a fantastic week and making great progress in your depositions. As you know, I've long stressed the importance of purposefully managing every facet of the civil pretrial deposition process. You may be surprised to hear that where you sit matters, but if that does surprise you, you'd probably also be surprised to learn that there are a huge number of psychological studies, academic research on the impact of chair location and the people participating in the conversation. Where you sit can raise psychological barriers, lower or eliminate them, send messages of status, and as it relates to us as litigators, deponents, and witnesses in general, send the message that you are either a friend or a foe. So today I'm going to share some thoughts about seating dynamics for you to consider. So for those folks who think that it doesn't really matter where you sit as long as you do a good job of questioning, let's run through some hypotheticals. First, suppose you are asked to join a meeting with the head of your organization. So the CEO arrives first and is seated alone at the far end of the conference room table. If you immediately walk to the corner chair closest to the CEO, does that say something about the closeness of your relationship with the head of the company, about your own power in the organization, or is it merely say something about your chutzpah? Uh, in the same situation, if you walk in and sit on one side of the table at the far end, what does that say about your own power and relationship to the CEO? You're still at the same table, but as far away as possible. Another example, you walk into a public library, which is filled with long conference room tables, 10 chairs on each side, for example, one chair at each end. As you walk in, there is only one person seated at the table at the far end. Are you going to walk up and sit right next to that person? Are you going to sit directly opposite them? Probably not. You're more likely to sit several chairs down, either on the same side or on the opposite side, but perhaps not the furthest chair away because while some distance may send an appropriate message about the fact that you don't know each other, choosing the farthest possible chair away from the person who's already there might send a different message, right? Suppose you are interviewing a candidate in your office. You're seated behind your desk. The candidate is in one of your client chairs. At some point in the interview, you walk around the desk and sit down in the only chair right next to the candidate. What might that say about the dynamics or about the relationship? What does it say about what you might be thinking or doing? After all, it's just a change in where you're sitting. Finally, have you ever noticed those videos online of actual police interrogations? Ever notice how close the interrogating officer always sits vis-a-vis -vis the suspect? Suspect always sits at the end of the center chair of a very small table, with the interrogating officer always at the corner position right next to the end. So there's no physical or psychological barrier of any kind between them. And that table is small for a reason. The chairs are close for a reason. So the decisions we make about where we sit have social and psychological meaning. Even if we don't know what they are, 
those messages are still being received by others. In fact, some of the studies that have been done on chair location show that the psychological impact and meaning of where people sit are consistent across cultures around the world. Now, turning to our own little corner of the world, in almost all depositions, the court reporter sits at the end of the table, the center end position. We sit at one of the corners. The deponents typically sit opposite us, directly opposite us at the uh, other corner. There is, of course, no rule and no cases that say that this is where the two of you must sit. And there's no rule and no case law that says that the reporter gets the center end position. That's just where they park. And it's an element of the deposition process that I say is entirely unmanaged most of the time. So today I'm just going to share some observations to encourage you to actively think about seating, whether in depositions or in taking confidential statements from witnesses or whether simply interviewing them for upcoming uh, court proceedings. You've undoubtedly seen the end result of managed seating arrangements in a variety of contexts but you might not have thought about them in the context of depositions. For example, we see important negotiations between countries where each team's members sit side by side at a long rectangular table directly facing members of the opposing team who are also side by side at their own long rectangular table. This arrangement gives each individual an opportunity to directly face their peer of equal rank or status across the table. In times of conflict, we may see the president of a country at war seated at the center end of a long rectangular table and those with whom he or she is conferring at the opposite end of the table. Now, that's not a particularly convenient or comfortable arrangement, but it does say something about the trust level, doesn't it? The mere seating configuration in that meeting, when you see advisors seated 30, 40, or 50 feet away at the same table, but that far away from the person with whom they are conferring. In corporate meetings, the senior most participant typically does sit at the center end with those of highest rank on either side in the chairs closest to the highest rank individual. And again, in police interrogations, we see the suspect typically at one end of a very small table interrogating offer at the corner position immediately facing the suspect. There are traditional seating configurations in virtually every kind of interaction between humans lawyers and clients, patients and doctors, bosses and subordinates, principals and parents, job interviews, first dates, and collaborative meetings. A considerable body of research tells us that seating dynamics, again, are consistent across many types of cultures. So regardless of national origin, background, beliefs, language, where people sit in a given encounter is consistent uh, based on the role and power of the participants, the purpose of the encounter, and the relationship between those present. So let's talk now about the most common seating configurations and positions. The first is what's called the corner position at a square or rectangular conference room table, for example, where two participants sit adjacent to each other, but not next to each other. Think of the court reporter at the center end position and you at the closest chair to it on one side or the other. Most researchers say that this configuration of seating allows for great eye contact, the ability to easily observe the other person, and the easy ability to share documents and information. 
Now, at least based on the research, this would be the ideal position for you to sit vis-a-vis -vis the witness or deponent. You in the center end seat and the witness or deponent at the corner position closest to you. That removes all barriers, physical and psychological, between you and the witness or deponent, and whether friend or foe. Unfortunately, that's the default position for the reporter, isn't it? Not knocking reporters, but they are grabbing the best seat in the house from a psychological standpoint, again according to the research, for interviewing and gaining information from your subject. And it almost doesn't make sense in a way for the reporters to grab that chair if the idea is that the reporters need to be able to see who's talking. It would probably be easiest for reporters to be seated at the other corner position adjacent to you at the end of the table. That way, the reporter could actually see and face directly of the two people in the room that will be doing 99% of the talking without having to look back and forth across the table as you or as the deponent begin speaking. All right, the next position in the research is called the collaborative or cooperative position. And that's simply where the two participants are sitting beside each other on the same side of the table. It sends the message that we're working together toward the same goal. Now, I have no illusions that you're probably not gonna be able to pull that one off in a deposition, but even in interviewing witnesses in your office, for example, sitting in the collaborative or cooperative position right next to the person that you're gathering information from, uh, lowers or eliminates the physical and psychological barriers and can create a sense of comfort with the witness that sitting directly across from them uh, will not do. All right, the third major position is the one we see most often in depositions. It's called the competitive or defensive position, which has the two participants typically seated directly across from each other, facing each other, often because they are, in fact, on opposite sides of a matter. Some of the psychologists in the studies say that sitting directly opposite a person in a given environment is most likely to create negative energy between the two. And that's unfortunate, isn't it, that our default seating configuration in a deposition is the very configuration that psychological research suggests uh, is the one most likely to inject negativity into the environment from the get-go. Now, in doing the research on this, we were curious as to why the end seat uh, is perceived as the most powerful, and some of the studies touch on this. They say, first, it's the only seat at the table by itself, with no one elbow to elbow next to them. So the person seated there has a little more space. Second, it's the only seat where you can see everyone else seated down the line on the left and right at the table. Third, it's the seat where you are most easily seen. And fourth, it's a seat where the speaker can talk directly to everyone all at once. So it does offer the opportunity to have a greater impact on the conversation. All right, so with due respect to court reporters, the research suggests at least that either you or the deponent should be in that end seat with the other one at the corner position right next to it. There's a lot of psychology packed into those seating positions, and I just think it's something you ought to think about, whether in formal depositions or when you're simply bringing folks into the office to interview. Some things to think about before we wrap up. Give thought to whether there is value in a given situation uh, in sitting at the end position for a particular witness. 
If you've never done it before, be the first to arrive at the deposition location and set up at the end position. When the reporter comes in, simply explain that you want them to sit at one of the corner end positions. Most of the time, it's not even an issue. They will just do so. Then ask the deponent to sit at the other corner end position diagonally to you. If the witness has counsel, they can sit on the other side of the witness. No problem. There's nothing about this arrangement that will prevent anyone from doing their job. Transcribing, objecting, observing. That is a cooperative configuration, and it's less likely to send the message that you are hostile to the deponent. Parties who are hostile generally sit directly across from each other, and it's for a reason. Second, if you are prepping witnesses for a deposition or simply interviewing them privately, experiment with seating arrangements. You might try meeting with the witness in your office, but sitting with the witness in one of the client chairs rather than behind your desk. No table, no nothing between you. Or try sitting in your conference room with the witness in the end center position at the table and you in one of the corner positions diagonal to the witness. That's a very cooperative configuration. Same thing if you're interviewing a witness or taking a confidential statement from them. The end seat and the corner seat are the two best positions for two people that are working together. And even if the witness that you're interviewing at the moment isn't entirely friendly or entirely on board with your view of events, the, this kind of seating configuration at least removes the unspoken psychological cue that there's something antagonistic about the interaction that's occurring right now. As you may know from listening to the podcast or reading the books, I take lots of confidential statements under oath of witnesses where the law and the rules permit it. There's always a court reporter there, and I always have the reporter sit opposite me in one of the corner chairs with the witness at the end position. I always take advantage of these collaborative seating arrangements anytime I have the opportunity to do so. All right, one last thought, and this was a question that came up during one of our production meetings, and it was, well, what about video depositions? Where does the psychology of seating fit into video depositions, which are very common now. And the research tells us, the early psychological research that we were able to track down suggests that deposing witnesses on video, as you might intuitively suspect, is the psychological equivalent of the competitive or defensive position, because you and the deponent are figuratively directly facing each other. You are opposite each other. And there's really no way to fix that, but it is something for you to be mindful about when you ponder whether there's something about the dynamics of a given case or given witness that would make it more advantageous for you to be there in person. We have probably all seen deponents who we sense are more combative now because they're not in the same room with us. That's a function, some of the recent research says, of your virtual seating configuration. All right, so the lesson for today. Where you sit sends a message every time. A witness who is seated directly across from you, all other things being equal, and based on overwhelming psychological research going back many decades, may have an underlying sense, just by virtue of the seating configuration, that there is reason to be defensive in their interactions with you. Someone who is seated closer to us, our hardwiring tells us, is usually friendly or friendlier, or at least not a clear-cut enemy.
So seating configurations, something to think about in developing expert level proficiency over the deposition and witness interview process. I think we have eight authorities, plus or minus, in the show notes uh, for this week, including at least one by the so-called grandfather of environmental psychology, Dr. Robert Summer, S-O-M-M-E-R. He wrote quite a number of books and papers on personal space and the psychological impact of seating configurations, but lots and lots of other research on this very issue. All right. Thank you, as always, for listening, and be sure to take a moment and leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. As you've heard me say many times, it's a free and fast way to say thank you to the production staff that performs the research and that helps us get these episodes out to you every week. The goal of this podcast is to 10x your deposition practice by providing timely and immediately actionable advice, always backed by research in the show notes. Every episode is a single topic for a reason. We want you to be able to quickly scan the episode titles so that you can always find the topic you need at the moment without having to listen to 15 other topics all in the same episode. This podcast was designed from the ground up to be a critical tool for active litigators who appreciate that depositions are the only place where most witnesses will ever testify. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you again soon.